Welcome back to the Wives Club podcast. We are back at it again today, um, looking at each other over FaceTime. (laughs) Staring into each other's eyes. Yeah. Um, Today's episode is a more serious topic, if if that's true. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's more serious than our other ones that are like for fun. But um, I think McCall mostly has struggled with a lot of anxiety. I think all of us can say there's been points in our life where we've had a lot of anxiety. Um, So I think McCall's going to kind of take lead on this episode. Um, But yeah, we're just going to talk about her journey with anxiety and just her experience. Um, I definitely want to preface that we are not experts. We're not like trying to give advice or professional advice. I don't know. We don't. Yeah, yeah, we're not giving any professional counseling here, but just speaking from our own experience. So I'll I'll start it off. Um, Hey, go for it, girl. I I was telling them before we got on, I was like, I have anxiety about talking about anxiety. (laughs) I just really want to come across like factual. I don't want anyone to think because anxiety comes in so many different shapes and sizes and it's it's different for everyone and so I hope that sharing my experience someone could just relate to or maybe they'll just get a little educated on what someone's experience can be or even just help if you feel like you're feeling that way and you don't know like what to do or like how Uh to help Yeah, so again, I'm not a doctor. Anything that I have been told has, like, anything I'll say, um, that's what my doctors and therapists have told me, and so I am sorry if that is not what you think is actually factual, but let's, let's get into it. So you guys can just ask questions as I go. I'm just going to talk about my experience. So I was diagnosed with Um, performance anxiety. So what that means is that I wasn't born with it necessarily. I developed it over time and it was the fear of like being good enough in public, I guess you could say. Um, And it actually, unfortunately, I feel like such a millennial when I say this, but it does stem from social media from what I found. Um, So I'll I'll talk a little bit about that. But um, yeah, I was not born with the mental illness of anxiety. I, everyone can feel anxious. It's an emotion we have. And so obviously everyone's like felt anxiety at some point in their life. But for me, I define my anxiety when it was taking over my life. Like you can't function a normal daily life is when I consider myself like, oh, I had anxiety, like, or I have it, you know. Um, So it started when I was like 18. And it was actually when I got engaged to my husband, Nate. And it was nothing to do with the relationship with Nate and I. I was very secure in the relationship I had with him and everything. But I just all of a sudden grew this huge care of what people thought about me, which I don't know. I feel like I, you guys know me, like, I don't really care before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And even now, like, I feel like I don't care, but deep down, like in my soul, I just like started caring so much. 
And it's because of, I don't know, like Instagram started. When did you guys all get Instagram? I think I was in eighth grade. I think well, I was for in me, like it was like seventh grade. I was like, a yeah, I was in middle maybe. school. I really don't remember, but I was in middle school and I got it. So like, and before then it was Facebook. I remember having Facebook in like sixth grade. I got Facebook in middle school. And so I feel like we just started so young, starting to like share our lives with everyone and openly asking for feedback. Like that's just such a new concept, I feel like, to the human race of being like, here's this picture of my face. Do you like it or do you not like it? Dislike. (laughs) You know, isn't that kind of weird that we just let ourselves do that? So over time, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term like Instagram worthy and stuff like that. I feel like Instagram just started taking over our lives. And I never, ever thought that I was obsessed or comparing myself. I never, ever thought that. But we all were kind of like posting on this feed and everyone's lives were kind of similar because we like did an Instagram template you know like we had it had if you posted a picture it had to be Instagram worthy and it had to fit that criteria when in reality life isn't like that and so all of a sudden when I was 18 and engaged I was very young and I felt like I didn't fit the criteria anymore I was like oh my gosh people are gonna think I'm dumb people are gonna think I'm making a bad decision which was so frustrating because I was so secure in my relationship with Nate that it shouldn't have mattered, but, like, just the way my brain had been rewired over time to, like, meet a certain expectation of, like, this is how life goes, I all of a sudden just started caring what people thought, and I don't, I don't know why, it was so weird, but, yeah, so it started when I was engaged, and it became, um, like, at first, it, I, I just didn't notice it that much, but I just noticed being more anxious to, go out in public with my ring on or post anything about any, like, I don't know. I was just anxious to go out in public. And it probably wasn't until I was 19 that it like severely stopped me from going out. Like I just remember going to the grocery store and checking out, like having like that much contact with someone, like checking out at the grocery store talking to the cashier literally I just remember sweating I remember thinking I was gonna throw up or pass out like it's so weird thinking back that it was that bad but it was like it it just got so bad to where I just could not live my daily life and at this point I was in design school and a lot of design schools presentations and I would just be sick literally ill for a week on the bed crying, panicking about a presentation because I had a really weird fear of passing out or throwing up in public. It was like, if I get so anxious and I'm presenting and I throw up, I'll just always be that girl that threw up. (laughs) And like, I wasn't fitting anyone's criteria. Um, And so it, yeah, it just started getting pretty bad that I decided that I should get some help (laughs) because that was just, that's not a good way to live. So, um, I researched a lot of different avenues and we've all heard of different avenues of like what to do with anxiety. Like some people, it's as simple as deleting their Instagram. And at this point I still didn't know it was like about 
that it stemmed from Instagram or anything like that. But like for some people, it could be deleting Instagram or going to see a therapist or getting on medication or going to yoga, working out more, you know, you hear so many different things. And so I think it's really important to research and think about what you want, because even for me, I considered medication as um, an avenue and I had a lot of people discourage me from it. Like a lot of people that were like, don't do it. You'll get addicted, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the avenues I chose were therapy and medication um, because the analogy I made, the, the way I thought of it was that if someone had a broken leg or a broken arm or something, um, you would see them if they were walking around with a broken leg without a cast or crutches, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, go sit down. Like, are you okay? You know, just they're not able to live their fully functional life if they have a broken leg and are not doing anything about it. And I felt like I had a broken brain, but no one could see it. And so no one had sympathy. And to me, therapy and medication was like a cast in crutches. It's not a long-term solution, but you need to fix your brain in order to fully function again. And so I just always thought that like, it was always so frustrating like getting in an elevator at school, just being like, if there was someone in here with crutches, we would all be like, oh, I'm so sorry, but they have no idea I have a broken brain. And I don't know, that's the analogy I always use. So I decided to do medication and I was very weary about it because of the side effects and I didn't want to get addicted and become dependent on it or anything like that. But I did talk to a lot of doctors and I decided that that was just a good alternative for me. Um, and so my goal was to be on it for a year. And that's what I did. So I was on it from January, oh gosh, I can't remember the years, like 2018 to January, 2019. And it was for me personally, I know it's like a very personal thing if you want to go on medication or not and for how long and for whatever reason, but for me, it was just so beneficial. I felt like it rewired my brain and I did, I made it my goal of doing it for a year. And once I got off of it, I was really nervous to get off of it because I didn't want to accept that I was dependent on it if I was. And I wasn't, I mean, it was hard, but through that year, I learned so many coping mechanisms that I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't handle it a little bit. You know, like I just needed that little crutch and cast for a year in order to learn how to walk again. And then once the cast and crutch came off, like I was able to fully function. And then with therapy, I think I only went like three times because it was performance anxiety. It's not like a deep rooted, um, born with mental illness. It wasn't like I needed years and years of therapy to, you know, overcome something. And that's totally fine if that's how you are. But for me, it just was like getting my brain and life back in order. So yeah, that's kind of <laughs> my story. I don't know if that made sense. Like, does, <laughs> like, 
It was really difficult and you feel very alone, I think. You just feel stupid because like I said, no one can see that you have it. It's not an obvious injury, like a broken leg. And that was the hardest part for me was like, am I crazy? Like, is this really something that I have or have I made it up? Um, And so that's kind of the frustrating part. And I feel like, especially nowadays, you just don't want to fall into that category of like the classic millennial that had anxiety from social media. Like you just, I just felt so stupid, but at the end of the day, like it happened. (laughs) And so I have to accept it um, and view social media a lot differently now and take precautions and coping mechanisms and yeah. 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 Well, I feel like I just from what I've heard, I feel like a lot of people probably do have that and don't realize that they have it. And then they like think that something's wrong with them, but they don't know what because they can't like really connect it to the source. Mm -hmm. And obviously through your story, kids and even like adults nowadays. I know. Well, yeah, I was going to say like, I remember when it first happened with McCall, um, it's still really new to um, like older adults, like our parents. And so I feel like like when they were growing up, you didn't go to therapy and stuff. Like this stuff wasn't talked about that much. And I feel like, so like for me and like us as friends, like we totally understood because we've kind of grown up, like you said, since high school with the knowledge of anxiety and how it's like a real thing that a lot of people struggle with. But I feel like my parents were just kind of confused and like older adults, they'd be like, but I just don't get it. Like what is wrong with her? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was hard for you because like mom and dad would be like, I just, she's something's wrong. And I just don't understand <laughs> it. You know, like, I feel like that's kind of how mom was a lot. Like she meant well, but like, she just felt she was so like scared for you but like didn't understand it well enough to like Mm -hmm. and I don't know that's the hardest part I think is we're still in like that transitioning generation of some of the generations still thinks it's weird to go to therapy and then like Mm -hmm. the younger people are like no that's so normal so I love therapy (laughs) I would go even if I didn't have anxiety I feel like therapy is really good, even if you don't have anxiety. Yeah. I basically have therapy with my husband all the time. <laughs> it's good yeah. to communicate situations with someone, like to totally. just kind of vent, and mm-hmm. here's how I feel, and just to even yeah. let it all I feel out, like that's even if the you only don't way, want. Yeah, that's like the only way to like understand your own feelings or like understand mm-hmm. what's making you feel a certain way. I remember like kind of towards the beginning of the year, I felt like I never was like diagnosed or anything, but I self-diagnosed myself with like sleep anxiety because I like wasn't sleeping or I wasn't sleeping because I was anxious about stuff. I don't even know what I was anxious about, but then every, then I wouldn't sleep good. And then the next night I would feel super anxious to go to bed because I knew I needed to sleep and I was super tired because I didn't sleep good the night Mm. before. But I was so anxious to go to bed because I was like, I'm not going to sleep good. I'm not going to get enough sleep. I'm going to be tired again tomorrow. Like, and then you're just laying there and you're like, I'm not sleeping. I'm supposed to be sleeping. Like, and then you just get more stressed. 
but I feel like I, I, the only person I talked to about it was like you guys and my husband, but that was like the only way for me to be like, what, what's keeping me awake at night and what can I do to make myself sleep? Because it's never going to go away if I don't just sleep good. Yeah. I'll just keep feeling this way every night. So anyway, I was going to ask you, McCall, um, how did it, I don't know if this is too personal. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but this obviously, <laughs> this happened like right when you first got married. And I feel like that's already kind of a hard transition period anyway. Like we've all kind of been through that. Um, so how did it affect like your relationship with Nate and like, how did he handle it or change? I don't know, just make yeah. that like first year of marriage different. Wow. I can't even remember. <laughs> I'm trying to think back. Um, no, he was really patient. I think it was just hard for him because he could not relate in the slightest. Like, he just had never felt anxious before about anything. or And so it can be really frustrating, I'm sure, to talk to someone when you just like can't relate to what they're saying at all. And so that, I, yeah, I, I don't remember it affecting us too much. I think he just wanted me to feel better and get help. And so that's what we did. And it was a team effort and he never like judged me. That was really good. Like, I can't imagine if someone was putting in my head, like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Like he always was very quick to accept that like it was a real thing and that I was going through something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't remember it like affecting, I have a bad memory though, <laughs> it was three years ago. All I remember um, is, I just remember you saying that you really appreciated him because there were days that like you wouldn't even leave the house to go out, like you just couldn't. Oh yeah, Like there was no way. You just couldn't leave. Social interaction was anxiety inducing except for when I was with Nate. Like, I always joked that he was my therapy dog or, like, anxiety dog, whatever those are called. Like, he just, he has such a calming presence, and so maybe that's why it, like, wasn't that bad because, like, as long as I was with him, even now, so I have, like, major travel anxiety. I hate, oh, I hate traveling, like, on airplanes and stuff, but I'm, like, as long as I'm sitting next to Nate, like, I can do it. Like, I don't know why. He's just so, I don't know. He's, he's like a good dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, he's, he's just great. So. No, I know what you mean. He, he really does have that, like, good presence oh, about him, and you never feel judged when you're with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it didn't, didn't affect us too much which That's was good. great but I can yeah. imagine how like I think like if he ever went through that or something like that would be so hard even though I can totally relate it still would be just really really difficult so yeah my heart goes out to couples that go through this I mean everyone goes through it. that's the thing is like everyone at some point feels anxious it's an emotion we have um everyone has anxiety. That's what my therapist would say. Like, it's an emotion that can come out in all of us, but it's when it, like, affects your daily life that it's probably not great. But yeah, we were just saying, I feel like when we were in school, no one talked about anxiety with us. Like, 
no one taught you no when you're stressed this is how you calm down like take a deep breath relax or like do one of these like tighten your fist methods and just like let it out and stuff I feel like they never did any of that so yeah that's awesome especially because I mean we grew up with media young but kids now are oh my gosh way younger way younger than I mean we were like almost in high school and so I feel like we were kind of at the beginning of like all of that starting. We were the front lines. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And so I I even think now like kids start with it way younger. And so it's just a matter of fact that it starts way younger because that pressure and comparison and all of that starts at such a young age. Well, it's just not a matter of like if young kids are like exposed to social media, it's like when. Oh, yeah. And so you just have to like they yeah anyway I mean it really just is I love Instagram like I'm not trying to bash Instagram because I think it's a great tool we all love it (laughs) but it is crazy how it is like a built-in comparison tool like from a very young age it's literally like here's a picture of me here's a picture of my classmate posted 15 minutes apart which one has more likes, which one has more comments, like, it's just a numbers game at that point, mm-hmm. um, and so now I literally could not care less about numbers, I, I honestly truly don't know how many likes my pictures get or anything like that, I have no idea how many followers I have, I have no idea, because I've just learned to not care about that, but at the beginning, when you're, you know, a little teenager like that. high school it was a big deal it was such a big deal do you remember like all the weird rules of like if you have more if you're following more people then people are following you oh, yeah. like, <laughs> that's still like ingrained in me like I definitely follow more people now because I follow like bloggers and stuff that don't follow me back and I'm like is that bad? Like, oh, it's so sad. It's so stupid. I remember my mom getting like so frustrated with me. Like I I remember being like, oh, I'm like, I'm not going to post that. Like, I'm not just going like, to post your own picture. And she'd be like, why? Like, why? You can post whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I feel, I don't know if it just comes with age or what, or if we've mm-hmm. just learned how to like deal with it. But I feel like we've all it's just become like more of like a, a journal sort of I thing. For the most about all that other stuff, like the likes and comments, how much right. followers you have. It's just like, once you get a certain age, it's like, okay, that, that stuff doesn't matter. Right. You, know, or you even got a just family, like, you got a job, you got like, yeah, it's like, that's exactly it, what I was going to say. Like matter. even just like confidence or like security in your own life and yourself, like, no, I feel like that sounds dumb, but like knowing your like own self-worth kind of and just being like, no, I don't know. Like, yeah, like honestly just being like, okay, she may have that and she may look like that, but like kind of knowing like, oh, I have this and I offer this. And I heard someone say recently that um, like there's always people on Instagram that you follow that you like look up to or you like think whatever and this girl was saying like I guarantee there's at least one person who thinks the same thing about you they look at your Instagram and think I wish I had this I wish you know she has all this and I wish and so she was like there's no reason to do it to anyone else because oh yeah there's someone and and so I'm sure someone's doing it to you so she was like so everyone should just show 
their real self. Like there's no reason to try and have this perfect life on the internet because every, no, no one's life is like that. And so, anyway. yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> True. Well, I also saw a quote one time where it was like, the grass isn't greener on the other side. They have a filter on. <laughs> I was like, that is so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I want to end with this one. I am going to butcher this. So I apologize if you're smart and you know exactly where this is coming from. But I swear it's like this like Buddhist... Yeah, I'm sorry. I really don't know who said this. <laughs> it's a quote from someone, but he's like a philosopher. And this is like totally what I experienced with my anxiety, just kind of like wrapping it up, is I am not what I think I am. And I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Does that make sense? So say I think I'm pink. Okay, I'm the color pink. That's not true. Say I think Nate thinks I'm the color pink. That's not true. It's if I think Nate thinks I'm the color yellow, then I'm the color yellow. Does that make sense? So I am what you, what I think you think I am. And it's unfortunate, but it's so true. Like, that's what I struggled with so much. It was like, I was you can be totally happy in life, but if you think that other people think you're living your life wrong, you all of a sudden think you're living your life wrong. And so just don't compare yourself to others. Don't think of, you know, what they may be thinking about you, because guess what? Everyone goes to bed and they think about themselves. <laughs> no one thinks about you. That may be kind of harsh, but at the end of the day, like, if you're worried about what others think about you, I guarantee they're not thinking it, first of all. Um, and it, it just doesn't matter because you are the one thinking of yourself when you go to bed. And so those are my final thoughts. Does I love that. I have one more thing to say, too. There's a podcast that um, I, I listen to almost every single day, the Better Than Happy podcast like told you guys about since yeah, I listened to that it. I don't know if you guys have, but um, there was one episode that I listened to and she talked about how like stop, stop caring about what other people think because 99% of the time you don't know what they think. You're just thinking that you know what they think. Exactly. And then that kind of stirs it up in your head and it's like, you shouldn't let that get, get to you. I yeah. loved that. That's awesome. Well, I feel like this ended up being a very uplifting episode. It wasn't. <laughs> I love our little girl chats. It this is literally what, this is what we talk about anyway. Like, we truly just started pressing record. Like, this is our conversations on the normal, don't you feel? Like, just going back and forth and going on tangents yeah. and stuff. So this was fun. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Thanks for listening and thanks for sharing, McCall, and all of us for sharing um make sure to um follow us on instagram we've been posting a lot of fun stuff on our stories over there um so make sure to follow us there and then we post um details about every episode so that is wives underscore club underscore podcast and then subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. leave us a review if you feel so inclined Ooh. 
Um, ooh. <laughs> and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.